of Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Stuff of Saturday, uplift with love. Stuff of Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Nisa Shomo, the host of the Help is Love podcast. And today we have another episode of Self Love Saturday. And welcome to Self Love Saturday. We're loving ourselves as an act of rebellion. So today we also have our a special guest, Alex Thomas. So Alex, you've been here. This is your third time coming. So somewhat of a <laughs> it is are, somewhat of a co-host now, right? <laughs> are you even a guest anymore? <laughs> I don't think I am. I think I'm officially the co-host of the show. <laughs> Thank you for being willing to have these conversations with me. And I just love the conversations that we have. So that's why I like having you come back because obviously we work in two different spaces and, and live our lives in two different spaces. So it's always great to have your um, perspective on um, the conversations that we have. Yeah, I agree. I love it here. <laughs> I love talking to you. I love, you know, our conversations online and offline. So this is a special place for me. Yes. All right. So let's, you know, get into our topic for today. So recently we had a conversation and I've actually been having this conversation a lot the past few months. And it kind of stems from this book. That, so one of the things about being a writer like myself um, who likes to write books, is that you, uh, write books is that you also love to read books. And right. so I really love reading and like, you know, audiobooks really changed my life. But before audiobooks, there were a few books that I read that really um, inspire me. And I tell a lot of my patients about them. And it's because they are so, you know, I've, ta- I've been talking more about me being a geriatrician. So a lot of people have no idea that I specialize in taking care of older adults. And I don't, for whatever reason, I just, I just really love older adults. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I, I just love them, you know, I just love, yeah. I love them. I love the conversations that we have. I love um, taking care of them and they are a vulnerable population population. A lot of people don't. Yeah. So I, I, I hold them really near and dear to my heart. And one of the biggest things that I tell my younger patients is that I want you to live to be, you know, in your right. 90s and 100s and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to live to be an old person. Like I'm just right. like looking forward to being an old lady. I'm currently even sitting in a rocking chair right now. I'm already old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've just always been like an old soul since I was young, you know? Yeah, I get that. I totally get it. So, you know, one of the books series that I really love about aging and aging well, there's a journalist named Dan Butner. And so he was working for National Geographic and he was getting older as well. And he was just kind of like, I want to know what kind of things I need to do to live to be over a hundred. So he, you know, got together with a team of people. He had access and resources to get together a bunch of, you know, anthropologists and geriatricians and, you know, people who specialize in studying healthy habits and how people live to be over a hundred. And so his team of people, they went to five places where you could document, where they could document that people live over 100, like a lot of people live over 100. And they just kind of studied their culture and saw okay. what kind of things that they did. And, and they, you know, noticed different things that were specific to the culture, but they noticed that there were like nine themes that were very common in all of the cultures. And okay. so the first book is called The Blue Zones, and it's called Nine Lessons for Living Longer. And so some of the things, some of the nine things that were common was, you know, eating less meat, um, staying active, all the things that we tell people as doctors anyway, you know, right, right. Um, but he kind of just gave examples of how people do that in different cultures. And so um, that was what made it more interesting because he went to Okinawa, Japan, Okinawa, Japan mm-hmm. was a blue zone. He went to um, a small, a small town in Greece, a small town in Italy. Um, he went to Costa Rica, a small remote place in Costa Rica. And then what was most interesting was that there was actually a place in America that was a blue zone. And that oh. is Loma Linda, California. And so even though all of these different places are all over the world, they all have completely different cultures. They had a lot of things in, built into their culture that were similar that helped them live longer. And so, you know, he kind of detailed that. So it was, you know, of course, like I said, get, being active, staying active forever um, and eating, you know, less meat and a lot of vegetables and kind of like a plant-based diet was helpful. 
And then there were just other things like staying connected to people, having a purpose, um, you know, just the, the social networking that we that we try to do. This harder, you know, when you're working women. Um, so, but he just talked about the importance of that in all of the cultures is, you know, staying connected to either your family or your friends or your church community. Um, and that was right. another big thing was like, even just believing in something beyond like a higher power, um, because mm -hmm. all of those, all of those different cultures believe in different gods, you know, but, or believe in different religions, I will say. And gotcha. so it was just kind of interesting in that he said that people who believe, who have some kind of religious affiliation, um, they, they don't take, they don't try to control everything. They understand that things are not under their, in their control. And so they release that, that anxiety and worry off of them to feel like mm. something else is, you know, kind of controlling things. And so they don't, that, I mean, that causes a lot of stress and anxiety inside of you. Of course. And high blood pressure and diabetes yep. and all that stuff mm -hmm. to, to worry a lot. So it was a really interesting book. Um, and then he made a secondary book this book actually was how I got how I even found out about the first book was that he made a book called the blue zones of happiness and so I was I think I was at my husband's graduation and the person who was speaking was I think our prior chair of our department and he um he gave the blue zones of happiness as a gift to the graduates so hmm. I, I read that book and then I read the well no I think I read the original blue zones first and then I read the um, blue zones of happiness and so you know, I really love the Blue Zones of Happiness because it's an interesting conversation about like how people define happiness. And it helps mm. me like, it helps me not be so judgmental about what makes people like, what makes people happy. Because often gotcha. when you can't like understand like, you know, well, I would never want to do that. Or, you know, how you just be like, if you like it, I love it, that kind of thing. Right, sure, yeah. Right, but you know, you try to, a lot of times you try to understand like what makes people happy, but, it's, it's just because it's not for you. That's not your brand of happiness. Exactly. So he broke down happiness in three different, or, you know, of course, I'm sure he was working with anthropologists and, and researchers and this sort of thing. And they were able to establish um, a theory of happiness in that three, um, there's three main strands of happiness and they call them the three Ps. And so the first P stands for, uh, it doesn't matter, all of them are equal, you know? <laughs> Right, but right. <laughs> just the first one, the first one that I'll say, um, the first one that I'll list is pleasure. So for pleasure, he went to Costa Rica and he um, met with a man who had won the lottery and still went to work every day because he worked in a market and he really loved working. And so he still just, you know, he ended up giving some of his money away, paying whatever bills he needed to, but he's, he loved working because he basically went to work and chill with his friends all day and sold some products right. and made a living, you know? Um, so he enjoyed his life. So he didn't change anything about it, even though he, he won the lottery. Right. And then for the second place that they went was to Denmark. So in Denmark, they, um, you know, they focus more on the purpose, but then when he went over to Singapore, they focus a lot on pride. And, you know, they define pride by basically just being proud of what you have. So, you know, they, they live for, you know, they'll work two, three jobs or just work a lot of hours at one job to be able to have nice things. So, you know, they want to have a really nice living space. They want to have a nice car. Um, they want to be able to sometimes have multiple homes. Mm -hmm. They want their kids to go to the best schools, all that sort of thing. They live in this, you know, realm of just trying to have the best, you know? So Absolutely. it's kind of interesting because, you know, like there'll be times when, you know, I have friends who are in different realms and I live more in the purpose realm. That's where, that's where I like to be. Um, and that's where I feel comfortable. I feel like everybody has like some level of all of them, right? We all sure. want to enjoy life. Sometimes we want to go on vacation. We all want to take pride in our work or take pride in our home, all that sort of thing. So we all have a little bit, but for some people, just one of those strands of happiness will predominate more than the others. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it kind of gets you to that place of like whatever floats your boat, because some people will just be into things that you're really not into. Right, exactly. And you'll just be like, why are they doing that? Or why is it important <laughs> to them? Um, 
and you know it's just it's just because it is it is what it is so there was there were a couple of things that we discussed about it right. so one of them was the pitfalls so in the mm. book they don't talk about the pitfalls so i want to talk some about the pitfalls with you and the yeah. other thing that was kind of interesting was about um the zodiacs to think about like because for me it's interesting i'm an aries and i have two aries sisters and we're we're all kind of the same way where we are purpose driven we want to mm -hmm. take care of our kids we want our kids to have you know a better life than we had well, i don't have kids but my two sisters who are aries they have children sure. so you know for me it's taking care of my patients and taking care of my students um so we all are you know very purpose driven and then you think about like i i have a lot of friends who are pisces and mm. i literally have so many friends who were born the same week and so you know people will be like i don't know about these zodiacs but it's just so interesting how that happens like i don't know like it's so interesting how i, I literally every that last week of um that uh i think the first week of pisces i have basically every day of that first week of pisces i have a friend with a birthday that whole week <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and y'all i mean the pisces they seem to be more you are pisces right no i'm an aquarius you're an aquarius okay, okay. yeah yeah so it's it's interesting um to think about it in that way of like you know a lot of my my friends who are, are pisces they seem to be more like in that pride realm because mm. like um you know i don't want to tell people's business in their conversations but they just seem to just be like um like one of my one of my friends like um she was like i used to be able to fit those clothes off the rack and i'm just like we are getting old and you know that's just how things work yeah but, our bodies change right right yeah but for some people it's just more important than others and so that's kind of why you get into the pitfalls of just understanding that like i feel like part of everything in life is having some understanding and awareness of what makes you tick so that you can avoid you know the shiny distractions that make you fall yeah. off a cliff you know <laughs> agreed girl yes okay <laughs> so um so what what realm do you would you say you find yourself in more wow that's a it's a really great question um hmm. you said pride purpose and pleasure um i think as i've gotten older um I have moved more into like the the purpose realm. Yeah. And which is interesting because for an Aquarius, we're always kind of seen as like in the clouds and a little aloof and not always paying attention and um not necessarily in the moment. But I think as I've gotten older, I have noticed um that really and, and a lot of people probably have but for me time is very fleeting mm -hmm. and I want to make things count a lot more than I think I used to because mm -hmm. I always thought I had time right. um and one of my really good friends always says this he says the mis biggest mistake people make is thinking that they have time right. and so you know, one of the things that I want to do is I want to be more mindful of my time and the time that I spend with others or the time that I, I give away to others. And so being purposeful in like my relationships with people and the work that I do um, is really, really important. Right. Being intentional. And I think, yeah, I think that everybody gets there eventually. It's just one of those interesting things of just fighting that natural inclination, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, so for me, like my, you know, natural inclination is toward purpose, but being a doctor, they kind of take advantage of, of that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like you could become a workaholic and you can give everything, all your exactly. time to your patients. Exactly. And so that's kind of a pitfall for us is like remembering that time is short. Like for me, one of the biggest things that, helped me realize that is just having cancer. Um, mm. And before before cancer though, I tried to have a good work-life balance, but but um, I wasn't very intentional because, gotcha. you know, as Aries, we're all over the place too. Like I, I say, we like to, um, 
I say, I say we like to frolic. We like to frolic around the fields, <laughs> frolic around the world. So it was kind of one of those things of like, anytime anybody presented like a work opportunity to me, they were like, hey, you want to do this? You, can you help us with this? Or can you help us with that? Can you help us with this project? Yeah. Um, I would, you know, I generally would say yes. Um, and so I was doing all of these things, running around like crazy. And then when I got diagnosed with cancer, I was like, I've got to sit down. And even before that, before that, right, because part sure. of it was that I needed, I, my purpose was trying to pay these bills. So right. when my husband graduated residency, I didn't have as much pressure to pay all the bills myself. And so I was able to be more intentional and in like, I want this job opportunity or I want that opportunity that speaks more right, to me. Right. I don't need to be working just, just to fill holes. You know what I mean? I felt like I was yeah. filling stop gaps in all these different places, but it's like you're everywhere and nowhere at the same time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know I exactly. To, yeah. I had to learn a lot about that, about just being intentional. And I'm and the pleasure people do too. Like I know, I know some people who live in that pleasure realm and you know, they have to, they get to a place eventually as they get older of being like, you know, I have to um, make sure that I'm doing things to be financially secure because they kind of struggle yeah. with, they kind of struggle more with that of like being able to pay their bills, you know, <laughs> or no, I, and, and I, yep. I agree with you there. Like I have um, a friend who does struggle with that and yeah. it's hard to watch because you know that they have a really great heart, right? That's the right. one thing. It's like, you have a really great heart. You're a really good person. But it's like, sometimes you live too much in your moment right. versus the long-term. Like, what is this going to do to affect me? Like, shoot, a month from now, right? right. Like, yeah. two months, the next year. And, and that is a huge pitfall for people who live in the pleasure the pleasure path of things right because they're they're constantly searching for things that feel good exactly but it's like that's not what life is about it's not always about feeling good and so for me i know that because like i said i'm a person who would be more like sacrificing of myself to other people like that makes me feel happy to to help people you know yeah but it's one of 100%. those things of like number one not everybody deserves your help you know mm. People That's have true. to earn. People have to earn things. People have to respect you. They have to respect your time, your money, your everything, just your whole everything about you. And so not everybody gives you that respect. So not everybody deserves, you know, your help in that way. So yeah, for sure. So that's one of the lessons I have to learn. Um, because that can be a pitfall for people who are purpose driven. You just you're trying to help people, but you can't help everybody, you can't save everybody. So you have to be intentional with who is worthy of, you know, of certain things. Of course, like everybody's worthy of respect and of love, course. but not everybody's worthy of everything you have to offer to them, you know? Of course, yes. So you gotta have your boundaries real thick when you're, when you're, when you're purpose-driven. You do, you really, really do. I have, um, you know, just in my career and then, you know, just life having been, taken advantage of because I've always been that person who was like you could count on me right right I was always you know able to to serve right and yeah. you know serving people in the work that I do um and for those who don't know what I do I do executive um virtual assisting work and so one of my one of the things that I tell a lot of my clients actually all of them is that I'm here to support you I'm here to help you like utilize me right. and you know for a while when I first started doing my work I forgot to to create those boundaries because people do take advantage of you right. right people forget that you you know have a life outside of the work that you may do for them um and I had to remember that I'm still human right I get sick right. um I'm tired you know and I also have a family and right. so forgetting that and looking at my purpose as just this is my thing this is this is you know I I need to do this and just forgetting about everything else was was a downfall for me and now right. that I've gotten older I'm like okay so my contract is a little more specific now right it says right. the times that I'm available no yeah no I was not. saying 
I was telling um, Camille about that. I was like, she was telling me about a client she was working with. And I was like, you need to look at Alex's contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty specific because I just, I want to honor myself. Right. Something that I forgot to do a long time ago. And um, it, it, it kind of backfired on me because right. I wanted to do good work and give good work and get good work. But I also forgot about in work, there should also be rest. Right. And um, I can still be good, but I could be better if I was a rested person. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Exactly. If, if I provided you with clear boundaries on what we're not going to do and what we right. can do together, it's a great relationship that way. Right. And that's the thing too, like being purpose-driven, you take a lot of pride and pleasure in doing your work. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's one of those things because you love, you love doing the work, but you do have to rest and you also just have to be, you know, you just have to have some kind of focus because I told yeah. one of my mentees that recently, because I know a lot of people think that I just float around in life doing a lot of different things. And I'm like, no, but I actually, I'm like, but I actually had a goal. Like, I mean, I do kind of yeah. do that. You know, I do kind sure. of pivot when, when, uh, when I see an opportunity, um, I prepare myself for opportunities and as they present themselves and I might, you know, switch directions, but I'm like, no, but I actually have a very specific goal of where I'm trying to exactly. go. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So sometimes like I worked with a life coach um, and we kind of had this conversation about just trying to be more intentional and using that that pride and pleasure that we get out of working, just being intentional in what kind of work suits whatever our vision is. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get, you know, they just kind of like the biggest thing about purpose is that you can let other people define what your purpose is at times, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, I remember when I was kind of in my Aquarian land yeah. and trying to, you know, I wanted, I never wanted to be defined by one thing, right? Because I'm good at a multiple things. Right. And um, I remember someone saying, you need to choose, you need to choose one thing. And I think you're really, really, really good at this. And I was like, well, you know, I am but I want to do this too. And they were like, no, 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 no. You should do this. And for a while I allowed what they said to kind of just keep me in a space that I was really good in, but I always had that burning desire to do something else or add to it. And because I let them tell me where I should be, I wasn't happy. Right. I was good, but I wasn't happy. And so like when you allow people to step into the things that bring you joy, right. you also have to remember that they don't get to define what that joy looks like to you. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like some people don't always get to do what they love. Cause I actually have a lot of Aquarius friends too. I have, I have two siblings. <laughs> I have two siblings that are Aquarius that I get along with well. And I have a lot of Aquarius friends. And it's kind of one of those things of like. You know, you have to at times balance to yeah. being able to like do, you know, do things that pay the bills. Cause it, that's the thing for me. Like I grew up singing, I grew up acting and I was just like, yeah, I like doing those things, but I can do those things on the side. You know what I mean? Sure. But sure. I need to make sure that I pay my bills kind of thing. Cause I just grew up and I grew up in a somewhat of a unstable homes and I was just like I just don't I would like to have some stability and that's what's really yeah, important to me. that was what was really important to me that's what I value a lot is stability so so for me I was just like all right well if I can become a doctor or have some career where I can have a stable income then I can do you know some of the creative stuff on the side um, but everybody's different you know what I mean some people yeah. really some people really um are willing to sacrifice you know sleeping on people's couches and that sort of thing in order to make their, in order yeah. to make their dream work. I mean, that's what Lil Nas X, I don't know, I don't know what his, you know, Zodiac sign is, but Lil Nas X said he was like sleeping on his sister's couches and that sort of thing. And a lot of artists like rappers and that sort of thing will say that, that they, you know, they were homeless. They were trying to make their dream work and they put a lot of time and effort into that and they sacrifice, you know, that stability for it. So, mm. yeah, so it's interesting in that way, but, um, so you have to everybody figures it out in different ways but let's talk some about this um 
this uh, pride realm. So for me, the pride realm, so the biggest thing about all of them is that at times you some you somewhat like seek um, external mm-hmm. validation. You, mm-hmm. you, all of us do. We all seek some kind of external validation. And so that's part of what can be the happiness part too. So we, we of yeah. course, want to internally value, validate ourselves, but every human really battles with feeling worthy, right? We all do. Yeah. Yeah. And so our pleasure realms, I mean, our um, happiness realms really are kind of expressed in, in how we feel like things that make us valuable, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, in that kind of place, I feel like my work is what makes me valuable. And sometimes you have to take a step back and say that I'm, I'm worthy and I'm valuable no matter what. Right, right. You know, like no matter whether I was a doctor, and that's how I see people. Like, I don't, I'm not that kind of person who feels like only certain people are valuable and that sort of thing. Like, in the work that I do, I've always worked with vulnerable and underserved populations. But for me, I just, you know, being that kind of person who serves others, um, whether it was a doctor or a teacher or a social worker or anything like that, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have, you have to battle like that feeling of making like letting that make you feel more worthy of yeah of taking up space in the world you know yeah. and i find that people in the pleasure realm um can can be that way where they're like oh well look at me look at what i'm doing i'm enjoying my life i'm so great don't you want my life kind of thing mm. um and so you know they have to be careful with that because then it's kind of like you're living for other people or are you really living to please yourself or you're living to please others. Agreed. And so it's a, it kind of is the same battle that the people in the prior realm have, because it's like, if you're out here trying to accumulate homes and nice cars and nice bags and that sort of thing, like those kind of things can make you happy. But sometimes people do things, you know, or are in situations to have those things, but they're not necessarily happy about it you know what yeah, i mean it's more the external validation of like look at my life kind of the same thing like look at my life look, look at my, my life hat. yeah don't you want my life um but it's like you have to take a step back and know that you're worthy no matter whether you have those things or not so i agree um you know as a as a like a kid um i struggled a lot kind of more as a maybe a teenager going into college not necessarily a kid I struggled a lot because um I didn't want to go I wanted to go to college at first and then I was just kind of like yeah nah right yeah I didn't know what I wanted to do right I I I didn't know who I wanted to be and my parents told me we will not send you to college without you picking a degree like I had to pick a degree before I could apply yeah and I was like well how does that work <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> let you just do you don't no. have an ex- exploration path now yeah they have like undecided my mother and my father told me separately that I was not allowed to enroll into college unless I had picked a major I didn't know who I wanted to be right and most people you know, that age, a lot of people that age don't no. know what they want to be. Like, I was not unique to you. You know what I mean? Like, unless you have known since you were like two that you wanted to be a doctor and like literally have stuck with that, you don't know. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, I always felt this pressure to be like this perfect student, right? Yeah. Like, my my family took pride in us having really great grades and being really, really smart people. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, oftentimes I felt like I couldn't mess up because people right. were watching me. Yeah. And people, you know, in school, like, you know, having names like the smart girl um, yeah. or, you know, Weirdly enough, I was being called the little white girl because I spoke properly. Oh, wow. And, you know, just like trying to navigate the balance of being okay with being a, an, an intelligent person, but also wanting to shrink because I didn't want people to think I was 
you know, super prideful about who I was. Like it, it was right. never like that, but I was always made to feel I had to be that way. Right. Yeah. And that's, they do that a lot to, to women, especially black women. Yeah. We, we lived in a life trying not to take up too much space because people always try to tell us that we're too much. Right. Yes. Cause I actually left the job. I left the job. I don't know, a few years ago for the same reason, there was a woman there who just tried to make me feel like, you know, that I was too big and I needed to stop being, I need to stop shining so bright. Basically, I shine yeah. too bright. And she was trying to dim my light. And I was like, you know what? I've got to get up out of this place because, um, you know, we just deal with that way too much of people just trying to control, manipulate us, tear us down, all of that stuff. And so that's what I'm saying. I think that's where probably a lot of it comes from, from black women. Like we, we, we often, you know, are fighting these, this, it's like our internal voice is trying to tell us like, you got to do stuff to make yourself valuable, right? We yeah. don't get to just be born valuable. Exactly. And so in that in that realm of like our happiness, we place a lot of our value into that. And but the problem is like, what would happen if like for me, like purpose, like what if what would happen if I got fired? You know what I mean? Right. What would be my purpose? What would I find? What would I find worthiness? And the answer is mm. all I have to do is say that I'm worthy and know that I'm worthy and I will figure it out. Right? Yeah. That part. And it's the same thing with pride. I mean, I feel like the people in the pride realm you know, people who work on like Wall Street and these super rich people and, you know, they, they, they mess up somehow and they go to jail or they get in trouble and they, a lot of them kill themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, which is crazy because it's just like, you know, when you don't know or you don't realize how much worth and value you add to the world just because of your existence. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that has to be a very heavy feeling right. to not believe that you are more than what you do or what, or what you have or right. how you present yourself to the world. You're, you're just you. Right. And you know, that's why I struggle so much because I was like, dude, like, I know I'm smart, but doggone, like there's more to me than just being a smart person. Like I'm a right. good person too. And right. you know what I mean? And yeah. you know, dealing with like the envy of other people because they perceive you as someone that you're not right, right? you know yeah. like no yeah like that yeah and I do I struggle with that a lot because you know I've I've definitely have been around a lot of jealous people and for me as an Aries like I just be like yeah I'm, I'm good you know I'm very honest about when I perceive that about people I don't I'm not really like I I like I said I seek my worthiness, you know, pitfall is kind of just more in the work that I do and trying to help people. But as far as like trying to people please in a different way of like people being like, oh, you should look like this or, oh, you should, you know, speak like this or, oh, do that. Like I could care less. And so I've always been very confident in like, you know, my appearance and just looking different because, you know, we talked about this in our first episode, like just having so many, so many sisters, we all look different, but I was always just kind of like the awkward, weird one who just like really didn't care that much about my appearance. So, and I mean, of course you want to look presentable, yeah, but I've always been more kind of like, I've always had kind of more of like a hippie, like artsy kind of style to myself. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like I've never yeah. really, I've never really been like glamorous. And I could barely walk in heels. Like I can't walk in heels. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I've just never sure. really cared that much about like trying to present myself. To like the that. Sure. Yeah. So, but you know, like my sisters would be like, but you're so pretty and you should wear these heels and you need to get that. And it's just be like, I don't, I don't care. Like <laughs> I just don't, yeah. you know. I get so, that. So for me, but some people really do care about that stuff. And it's just one of those things where they really have to balance like, where is that coming from? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I get that you yeah. care about it, but don't let things define, don't let like physical, don't let your physical body define you because what if you were in an accident and lost your foot or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and no. you had to deal with a disability. Um, you have to figure out how to move beyond that. And so it's just one of those things that for me, that's part of why I wanted to have help is love is to, that's what I do all day as a family doctor is I help people deal with like grief of their bodies changing and getting mm-hmm. older and losing people. And so I deal a lot with loss and I see people every day who figure it out and get through it. 
But what's hard is the people who have a hard time being flexible and changing their idea of, Mm. oh, like I said, my friend earlier, like, oh, I used to be able to fit clothes off the rack, you know what I mean? Or off off the mannequin, but it's like, yeah, but you know, like, I understand that's hard for you to think about now. It means that we're getting old and you can grieve that, but just know that you're valuable and worthy no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting that you bring that up because I was the opposite of you, right? We talked about that too, right? Like I, there was a lot of emphasis around being pretty. Yeah. Um, and it bothered me because I didn't, feel like I appeared the way people thought I should you know and and I didn't see the value in my beauty or the value in my hair and you know that's always been like a topic of conversation for people with me before I wore my hair curly it was all oh my god you have super long hair my hair is still really long it's just curly so it shrinks so it's now bigger um but there was never, <clears throat> I never felt worthy in that regard because I didn't feel like I was beautiful enough. Yeah. I never thought that I compared um, an, enough in the beauty realm compared to my sister or my cousins, right? Like I always felt different. And as I get older, I'm like, yeah, like I'm definitely learning me more and right. I've learned to value my beauty. And interestingly enough, I, when I was, um, you know, a teenager um, and a kid, like I was, I was a pretty strong girl. I was, I still am, but I was the girl that played football with the boys. I was the girl who played sports and I was very, very strong as a girl for, for in that term, I guess, for people. And so I did like the rowing isn't like super difficult but it's very body intensive so I know it is rowing. it's a lot of upper body <laughs> strength yeah yeah so I I used to row and I was on crew and you know we used to have to carry our boats um and I was in like the strongest part of the boat and when I got older um and I went to college I did crew as well and then as I got older you know I still played a little bit of sports um but you know, you stop working out and then you get back into it. And I had a patch of time where I was working out kind of rigorously Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like paying attention to my body and like my muscles and what they were needing. Right. And, um, I ended up, it was the weekend of the jazz festival. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. And I actually <laughs> had to work um, because I worked for the Convention of Visitors Bureau at this point. And I was supposed to be, I literally was at the mall with my mom. We had picked out my outfit because I had the shoes to go with it. And we were leaving the mall. I took a step with my left foot and then a step with my right foot and my entire knee went backwards. Oh no. I have never seen stars before. My vision went white. I saw stars and I almost passed out. And what ended up happening was, is I chipped and cracked the cartilage in my knee when I did that. So like called my boss and was like, yeah, I'm in the hospital, not coming, had a surgery consult. Like everything went from zero to a thousand within an hour of all of that happening to me. So they um, wrapped my leg and put me on crutches and basically told me that I needed to see uh, an orthopedic surgeon and um, like immediately. Mm -hmm. So I found the best person I could find. And he, uh, he said, okay, (laughs) so I can do a couple things. He said, I can go in, I can buff out, and, you know, we go from there. I can also give you a cortisone shot today. Or I can put you in the most intense physical therapy you've ever been in um, in your life. And we can <laughs> go from there. Yeah. And, her, and I said, oh, okay. Um, well, 
I don't want surgery of any kind, right? Like I don't want surgery on my knees or my hips or any of those things until I absolutely have to. Right. You know, when you're an athlete, like stuff starts breaking down and knees and stuff start hurting because, you know, you were a kid and nobody told you you were jacking it up. So you did. And so I couldn't walk. Um, I couldn't even straighten my leg had locked itself so it wasn't straight anymore at this point Mm. so I couldn't walk Anissa and um I didn't walk for six months wow I had never understood the value of walking until I couldn't right but I valued being strong and I was no longer strong Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life because when I stood up and couldn't put my leg down, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever walk again. Yeah. And the woman put me on a machine and machine flexed my muscles. And I screamed, like there were like six other people in the room. And I screamed and said, turn it off. And I am bawling my eyes out. Oh, wow. Because it was like, the goal was to straighten my legs because I couldn't, in order for me to stand so that they could correct my gait because I couldn't walk, Yeah, I needed my leg to be straightened. Right. So she turned it off and she said, okay, I understand. It's okay. And she calmed me down. She said, Here, here's, here's the deal, essentially. I can turn this machine off and never turn it back on and you'll never walk again. Yeah. She said, or I can turn this on and this is going to be the most intense pain that you feel every single time you get here until your muscles are used to it and you can fight against it. And I'll guarantee you that you can walk. And I said, okay. And I took a deep breath and I waved my options because <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't want her to turn this thing back on. Right. And I said, I said, can you promise me, promise me you'll, I can walk again. Promise me you'll help me walk again. And she said, I promise you, I will help you walk again. And it was in that moment that I let all of my pride around being strong and all of the things that I thought I knew about me go and just let this woman help me. Yeah. <laughs> because I wasn't going to be able to walk. Right. And that's and that's the whole thing. It's like we try really hard to just control everything around us. But that's what remember, that's what I said about one of the things in the what helps people live longer is yeah. knowing that you can't control everything. You have to be able to be flexible and be able to adapt um, to different things. You know, and you learn different lessons along the way. But I think that, you know, uh, often for a lot of a lot of people, it, it gives us a lot of aches, you know, it make, gives us a lot of anxiety, feeling like we can't control anything. Yep. Um, but it's just one of those things if you if you reverse it and just understand that just because you can't control everything doesn't mean that you don't try to have some order in a in a sea of chaos. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You just you right. try to have some order in a sea of chaos, but you you have to understand that you're not in control of everything because you trying to control everything will just make a lot of things worse because you try to force oh, things, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Try to force yourself to be like, no, this is what makes me happy. I have to do this, or this is what this is what you know, blah blah blah. I have to do this. So you have to figure out like how to adapt and change. And that's how a lot of that's what that's what helps people live longer. The people who live longer are the people who figure out how to adapt and change to the ever changing world that we're in and the ever changing, you know, way our families are, way our work lives are all of that sort of thing it's all about being able to kind of roll with the with the punches you know yeah of course Absolutely. I think and I think some people struggle with that more than others I think that for me since I am purpose driven I don't struggle as much with that kind of you know what I mean like I, I don't really obsess mm-hmm. about my parents and try to control everything about my parents you know obviously there's times you like oh look at these wrinkles maybe I should get Botox and you're like uh I don't really care that much whatever because <laughs> because it's like I mean for me like I said I, I want to be an old lady and to me I feel like 
old, old, old women are beautiful and they don't, they yeah. don't need a whole lot. Like my mom, she's never had Botox or anything and she's beautiful. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I think that often it's more grief. We're grieving like getting older and we try to like fight things, right? Like, oh, I'm getting older and I can't control getting older, but I could control X, Y, Z. But it's just like, yeah. but either way, you're still getting older. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it makes us feel better to feel like we can control things, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, you're right. You're but right. But in reality, like, you know, it's all really just happening. You're just trying to find some some peace and some order in the chaos. Um, but yeah, so that's the biggest thing is that people just have to figure out, like, you know, just those pitfalls that they can fall into that can kind of make their lives harder and just try to figure out how to create happiness in their realm that they enjoy without it consuming them and without it defining them, you know? Agreed. Yes. A hundred percent. And um, I think, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say you posted something today on Instagram with uh, helpislove.co. Um, the world is always changing. Learn how to allow for it. Yes. So that like really speaks to, you know what I mean? What you're saying, but right. everybody floats within each of those realms, but being able to allow for the change that happens yeah, to as you, you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as you grow older, you grow wiser and knowing that, you know, you can't live in yesterday because right. you're missing out on today. That was what, that was what the caption was, you know, <laughs> one of the parts yeah. of the caption was, you know, yesterday happens and you grieve from it and you try to move forward because you don't, you know, you're not in control of, you're not in control of yesterday and you're not in control of today, but you can live in today, you know? Mm, yep. Agreed. And I was just going to say that one of the interesting things about, so we haven't talked that much about the Zodiacs. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but for me, it's interesting. I've talked um, in my last podcast, the Motivation Monday, I talked some about um, how my husband's a Taurus and how I'm an Aries. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that really helps, helps us be like, you know, where we are in our lives and in our, in our, in our marriage is that we're both just kind of like naturally confident people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's some, some, um, there are a lot of like Zodiac signs and just people who just are not that confident. You know what I mean? Cause it really, like, I, like I said, I have times when I don't feel as confident, especially when I was a teenager, didn't have as much confidence. And for me, like being a young doctor, I didn't have as much confidence in my work, you know? And so for me, a lot of what I do now, I'm a lot more confident in my work. And so that makes me feel more confident as a person. That makes sense. Yep. But my husband and I, we met when we were young and we were both very confident. um, And we both had our own like sense of style and we both, you know what I mean? Just, just were that way. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped me just stay confident is having like, you know, a partner who builds me up and then I build him up. Um, and that just like, I feel like a lot of people just having a, just that partnership really just like makes mm. you like double trouble. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like part of what's being young, part of like what is hard about being young is everybody's trying to tell you how to be. And you, like I said, we're all kind of seeking a little bit of validation from different things like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I should be like this or maybe I should be like that or I kind of like this, but maybe other people don't like it. So maybe I shouldn't be like that. But just at a young age, it was such a blessing for us to both just be like really confident people who just both were like, you know, no, we're amazing and we're going to be amazing and do amazing things. <laughs> and you're awesome. <laughs> and I'm awesome. So this has been really, it's been a really great. I think that's what's really helped, you know, helped me a lot with, because I, like, when I was young, I was very confident as a young person, but as a teenager, just the hormones, you just have a lot of insecurities, but yeah. just me and my husband at like 18 years old and dating at 19, and even though we've, Aries and Taurus, we're both very stubborn and, and we see the world differently, so we argued a lot early on, but I think, you know, part of it was because we're very confident, and so we'd be like, no, you should be this way, and I'd be like, no, you should be this way, like, <laughs> So we kind of butt heads a lot. I think now, I think now that that time was just, even though we would disagree a lot, I think that the fact that we both were just very sure of ourselves and both just help each other build on top of that um, is something that has made us success, you know, successful in whatever we want to do. 
but also created a lot of stability in us as well of just encouraging mm. each other. Cause I see a lot of part, I see, I feel like in that time, there's just so many partners who kind of build into those insecurities that we already feel as adolescents, you know? Ooh, mm. that's, that, <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> been there okay yeah I mean, every, <laughs> everybody has like I've been there too but I just feel I feel like that's one of the biggest things that really helped me in my life was just having a really confident partner because I've, I'm naturally confident and just having somebody who appreciated that natural confidence because people might mistake it for arrogance or they might try yeah, to take sure. you down but being at a young age meeting somebody like that who was just like nope you're amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. We're amazing. Whether we're, we're apart or together. separate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we could be amazing together, but whether we're separate or not, we'll be friends and we'll be amazing as friends too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that for sure. And I had a lot of conf- really confident friends too, like my fraternity friends I've talked about on this podcast too. Like just being, just surrounding yourself with confident people is, you know, one thing I would tell people. <laughs> Especially like if you are a naturally person who has like, you know, insecurities, just being around people because, you know, that's one of the things for me, like as I'm getting older, just being around, work with older adults, like they come in there, they got, they wrinkles, they got gray hair, they got on wigs, they got whatever, but they like, I'm mm. here, I'm going to enjoy myself, I'm going to rock whatever I got, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> yes, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, that's, that's interesting as you get older. The more you get, the older you get, the, just the more confidence you get. But I just mm-hmm. feel very blessed to have been at a space at a young age to have somebody build me up in that way where we both just felt that we could go and conquer the world together. Yeah, that's pretty fire. Um, as an Aquarius, um, I I have definitely struggled with kind of finding my match because um, I think for a lot of people, people think Aquarians are um, very uh, secretive or, you know, I consider myself a very, very private person and I only let you in if I like really, really trust you. And some people find that more of like oh you're keeping secrets or you're no it's like I just like you're guarded I'm I'm a very guarded person I'm very guarded which is very different than being secretive Mm -hmm. and you know having been burned by letting my guard down it has taken me a very very long time to trust people and like when I trust you you know essentially you become family to me like I love you right like (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I tell my friends that I love them because I really, really mean that. And I trust you like implicitly for me. And that that's a really hard thing to say as an Aquarius woman, because we don't trust anybody. So when I do, it's like, okay, you're in. So um, in dating, that has been very, very difficult. But currently, you know, in a relationship with a Scorpio, which is, it's, it's crazy because according to the way Zodiac signs work, Aquarians and Scorpios are not supposed to be together. And it's so weird. Yeah. We are like, we would have an incredible, like fiery relationship, but like, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing about it is, is that it actually is is interesting because I trust I trust them implicitly and they they are literally my the yin to my yang because they like they supply me with so much confidence um and love and support and I anchor them in the same way and it's I've I've never I don't think I've ever had that happen for me right where you find your your like opposite in zodiacs right where we don't share a lot of commonalities with regard to our zodiac sign but there's so much we do share with regard to like the way that we love and um the way that we treat other people and like 
where they are very much like charismatic and I'm not, (laughs) or at least I don't think I am, but it works. Right. That's that's how, that's how we are as well. And I can't remember if what it says about, about um, Aries and Taurus, but it's the same thing. We balance each other because they are an earth sign. We are a fire sign. Right. So they bring us down to earth. And we bring the fire out of them, you know. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, right. like, you know, we have we have a lot of values in common. We, but my husband, his natural inclination would be to stay at home, and my gotcha. natural inclination is to be out in the fields, frolicking. You know, so <laughs> I, I I get him out of the house. He makes me stay home. Um, you know, what I mean, we not that he makes me stay home, but he sure, keeps sure, sure. home more than I probably my natural inclination would be to be out here in the streets too much, um, spending too much money. So. He keeps me, he keeps me home podcasting, <laughs> you know, finding things to do at home. That's the thing, like finding things around the house to do versus being out here. Right. Because that's what Aries is what we like to do. <laughs> that, that's not where we need to be. It's not where we need to be. <laughs> but it, it really works. You know, we, I, we just did an episode, um, the last episode, um, we did an episode just talking about that how we balance each other and just the biggest thing is just like that that level of respect that we have for each other is really what grounds us too yeah that's good that's great and it's I'm an air sign you know contrary to popular belief my symbol is like the water bearer but I'm actually an air sign whereas Scorpio is um a water sign and so like, you know, it's, it's the opposite of what I'm used to, but it feels great because it's what I need. Right. And, you know, that's, I think that's the key when it comes to, to finding that balance with someone, they may be your complete opposite or, you know, a little bit similar, but then being exactly what you need and who you need is what locks it all together. Right. Yeah. And I find the same thing with friendships too. Like I feel like a lot of my friends are Pisces because Pisces are kind of bossy. Girl. But, but for me, for me as an Aries, I can be flexible. So I think that yeah. sometimes people have a hard time being friends with like um, Pisces and some of the more um, bossy Stronger will but for me, yeah, but for me, it doesn't bother me. Like, I remember my, one of my friends and I, we, I had gone to Montreal. From, we had, like, me and my friends from high school had gone to Montreal for um, a birthday trip. And my friend, who was a Pisces, was like, oh, I don't want to do XYZ. Can I, I'm about to go do this. And I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And everybody was like, well, that was kind of rude. And I was like, she just has a difference in opinion of what she enjoys yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> for like, real. It is what it is. Like, and that's the thing for me, since I have such a big family and I have a lot of sisters and, I, you know, I'm just used to being around a lot of people. People have different perspectives and different different ways that they want to do things. So that's what it's all about. Mm. So that's what this whole episode was all about, was just trying to explore some of our differences and some of our similarities. But at the end of the day, trying to figure out how to, you know, be flexible and learn from learn from those things and try to avoid yeah. the, the pitfalls that are associated with you know our zodiacs and our you know realms of pleasure i mean of um, mm-hmm. happiness because you know there's advantages and disadvantages to everything and you have to get to the point where it takes maturity really to understand yes. how Agreed. to bring it all together and blend it all together in a in a constructive way in a healthy way so agree that's i agree with you N- navigating everything but with a level of maturity is the only way to do it exactly. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're never going to succeed if your maturity level isn't high enough to get you to where you need to be whether it's in a loving relationship or a friendship still or right. even with yourself yep exactly yeah because that self that self-talk when we get to each other listen okay is the most important voice that we have you know so and obviously yeah. that's the thing about that self voice is that it's 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 an internal voice, but it's kind of have external influences, right? It does. So you have to get to a point where you, the things that you tell yourself are just like affirmations of like, I am worthy no matter what, no matter about this job, no matter whether I'm in a relationship or not, all that sort of thing. Like I'm worthy regardless. I don't 
I don't need anything. I just need myself and I'm, I'm enough, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Well, I think that's where we should let it hang. <laughs> Agreed. I am working. I am right? enough. I am working. I have enough time to go. You Period. Period. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our time. We are wishing everyone a great self love Saturday. And I want you to always remember that loving yourself is an act of rebellion. Self love Saturday. Help live with love. Self love Saturday. Break the cycle of we rebels. Self love Saturday. Help live with love. Stop up Saturday, break the cycles, we rebel.